0: Hey, this is Vince Morris, and you are listening to P.S. Tape Recorder, okay? Not an 8-track, not a Walkman, no, 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 just a straight tape recorder. Why? Because he's old school like that, and that's why we love him.
1: This is my tape recorder. Coming up, Arch Barker's happy to have a huge career in Australia, but the San Francisco native wouldn't mind being just as big in his homeland.
0: I'm not giving up on the states. Again, I'm not bitter and I'm not being over defensive and I don't think I keep restating that too much. I'm not <laughs> giving up and I'm not bitter and I don't think that I'm that I keep returning to that point.
1: We'll hear more from Arj in just a bit. NBC Nightly News and Extra. I'm not sure I can tell the difference anymore. Hear what I mean in just a bit. Also, music from Rocket Me Nowhere. I think you're going to dig it. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Prince William and Duchess Kate's first baby, a future monarch, was born Tuesday in London's private St. Mary's Hospital, the palace, announced. The announcement said the baby weighed 8.6 ounces, and William was present for the birth. The news of the royal baby's birth was met with great excitement around the world. Sorry all other babies born that day. Ohio State University has dismissed starting running back Carlos Hyde after the senior was named as a person of interest in an assault case in downtown Columbus this week, according to a report in the Columbus Dispatch. Hyde was immediately contacted by the Cincinnati Bengals for a tryout. Former Congressman Anthony Weiner said he would not quit his race for mayor of New York, despite acknowledging that he continued to send women inappropriate online messages after a sexting scandal forced him to resign from Congress in 2011. I said that other texts and photos were likely to come out, said Weiner at a press conference, adding, because I had absolutely no intention of stopping ever. Natural gas spewed uncontrolled from a well off of the Louisiana coast this week after a blowout forced the evacuation of 44 workers from a rig owned by Hercules Offshore. Said a spokesman for BP, We were nowhere near it, honest! The Cuckoo's Calling, which is written by J.K. Rowling under the alias Robert Galbraith, is being eyed by Hollywood studios, including Warner Brothers, who made the Harry Potter movies. Good to see she's finally getting a break, you know? Missouri's Republican-led legislature appears to be positioned to override Governor Jay Nixon's veto of a high-profile bill that seeks to nullify federal gun control laws in the state and make criminals out of federal agents who attempt to enforce them. Several of Nixon's fellow Democrats confirmed to the Associated Press that they would vote to override his veto when lawmakers convene in September, even while agreeing with the governor that the bill couldn't survive a court challenge. Yes, strict constitutionalists, that's what you want, legislators to pass laws that have no chance of withstanding a constitutional challenge. And that's been Fake News with me. I had the house to myself for a little bit this past Tuesday. It was just after dinner time. I was cleaning up the dishes, and I noticed it was 6.30, and I thought, you know, I haven't watched NBC Nightly News in a while, and it's always something I just enjoy doing, even though, you know, I'm not sure uh, really they delivering the kind of news people need, but it's just a tradition going back to when I was a kid. You know, after dinner, flip on the nightly news and enjoy Tom Brokaw, now Brian Williams. So uh, I sat down, uh, flipped on the TV to enjoy some nightly news.
2: William and Kate's baby boy. Extras in London
1: with all new details from inside Kate's delivery suite. Whoops, I I had the wrong channel. Here, let let me flip over to NBC here.
0: On our broadcast tonight, it's a boy for the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, William and Kate, as crowds gather tonight in London to celebrate the birth of the future King of England.
1: Uh, wait a second, what? He just said it was nightly news. I, I just turned off Extra. I, uh, w- what's going on here? Uh, okay, well, it's nightly news, and they're talking about the birth of uh, the new royal baby, and uh, I mean, I guess that's news. And then Brian Williams says this crazy thing.
0: Heralding the birth of a child who will grow up before our
1: eyes and grow up to lead. The problem here is he doesn't lead anything. It's just a ceremonial position. What Brian Williams should have said is uh, he'll grow up to one day appear at charity functions and hospitals, which is nice. It's great that they do that. But my local weatherman does the same thing, and no one gets excited over him. Okay, so uh, NBC Nightly News all in a tizzy over the royal baby. And maybe, well, maybe there's some actual news over on Extra. Who knows? Let's have a look.
2: Now trending George Zimmerman out of hiding, his surprise rescue
1: mission. Huh. Well, okay, George Zimmerman is a figure in the news, and apparently what happened is there was a crash on an Orlando highway. George Zimmerman pulls over and gets out to help the victims, and here's what extra host Mario Lopez says after the teasers have run.
2: Coming up, a surprise George Zimmerman sighting his rescue mission this weekend in just a bit.
1: Yeah, it's a great story right there. Okay, in case you missed it, I'm going to play Mario's part again. Yeah, it's a great story right there. Yeah, and I guess what makes that a good story is the last time George Zimmerman got out of a car and approached strangers, didn't turn out so well. And in case you're wondering, yes, George Zimmerman did help the victims and resisted the urge to shoot them. So, yeah, I guess, Murray, you're right. <laughs> that is a good story right there. All right, so, uh, complete craziness. Uh, NBC Nightly News Extra, I can't tell the difference. Uh, at least my beloved BBC uh, will help me out. No, turns out not. Uh, I follow them on Twitter. Well, I, have a, um, I also follow them on Twitter, but I also have a, an app on my uh, iTouch for BBC News. And what they do is they have the top stories uh, worldwide, and then it's little, these little boxes that go across the top. And then below that, it's U.S. and Canada, and then the top stories in a row. Okay, so... Last, I believe, Monday night it was, the top stories, according to BBC News, in the U.S. and Canada. Well, one was about President Obama talking about the Trayvon Martin situation. Uh, The second one, I believe, was something about Apple and Google and other tech giants and their involvement in the NSA scandal. And the third biggest story in the U.S. and Canada, sit down, Jay-Z changes the spelling of his name. That's the third most important story in the U.S. and Canada, according to BBC News. Thank you very much, BBC News. Well, look at it this way. At least I have the respect and the courtesy to cover our royal family. Arch Barker is a stand-up comedian originally from San Francisco, California. And while he headlines clubs across North America, he has a huge career in Australia. That's right. You may remember him as Dave from Flight of the Concords for fans of that TV program. He is currently touring North America, hitting some of his favorite clubs in the US and Canada. Here is our talk now with Arge Barker. Okay, joining us on PF State Recorders, Arge Barker. Arge, how you doing?
0: I'm excellent, man. I am excellent. Who am I speaking with?
1: This is PF Wilson.
0: PF Wilson.
1: Yep. Um,
0: good, to, good, good to be here.
1: Cool, thanks, man. Um, I'm I'm friendly with some people that I think you might know. Um, Jimmy Dore. I think you might have toured with in Australia once.
0: I love that guy. Is he there right now?
1: No, he's not. He's in Los Angeles. Jimmy I'm in Dore, Cincinnati. you
0: son of a bitch! What are you doing? I haven't seen you forever.
1: <laughs> no, he's he's still out in Los Angeles.
0: Oh, he's not there. Okay. Sorry. No. Um, yeah. I love that guy. Yeah, we go back uh, many years to the marijuana logs.
1: Oh, there. Yeah, that's right. And
0: he, he he was one of the first. Sort of um, new members, if you will. Yeah, he came in in the second crew, round, which is Doug Benson and Tony Kameen Yep, and inevitably, one of us couldn't do the show. He was one of the first guys to start doing the show. Uh huh. He and Doug opted out of coming to Australia, and so Jimmy came as me, Jimmy and Tony. And I would say I'll never forget that trip. But the amount of pot I smoked, I've already forgotten most of it. <laughs> but I know we had a great time. Yes, all he... reports.
1: He, he speaks highly of the experience.
0: Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a nice, he's a good guy. He's hilarious, too.
1: So l- let's go back. Now, you're from Los Angeles
0: originally, is that correct? No, no, I'm from, actually, I was born in San Francisco. I'm from okay. the Bay Area.
1: All right, okay. So, and did you start comedy there?
0: I did. I started comedy, yeah. Uh, first show ever at the Holy City Zoo, uh, which is uh, on Memphis Street, which isn't there anymore. But it's a pretty legendary little hole in the wall. I think it only seated about 60 people, you know, when it was packed. And I just did an open mic there and just kept going.
1: So were you always a fan of comedy and wanted it to be a comedian, or were your friends like, oh, you're really funny, you should... W-
0: you should." Well, it was, yeah, it was sort of the latter. It was like one friend specifically, Doug Canning, who who was... Uh, he and I were both kind of funny guys in our crews, And then we met one day. It's funny, actually, because... We were like in seventh grade, and you know, like that's pretty young. We were kind of punks, you know. Yeah. And I ran into mutual. uh... We had a mutual friend, and we both ran into each other in front of a Seven Eleven. And I swear this sounds dramatic, but it was seriously like, oh, this guy thinks he's the funniest guy around, and like, I was <laughs> like, and like, oh yeah, well, this guy was, this guy thinks he's the funniest guy around, and like, we had like a burn off, you know, we're like sort of like yo mama or whatever
2: but yeah.
0: i don't remember the specific jokes that we tried to like rip on each other and like it was, and that's how we met you know we're best friends now and he's the one that encouraged me to try stand-up so and i've given him i've already thanked him publicly i'm done you know i'm i'm done paying that off <laughs> Crying out loud so but what... um he's a, he's a good friend and uh, i forget what we're talking about what's up
1: uh, well, what what kind of things did you find funny when you were growing up? What what kind of things made you laugh uh, and kind of formed your humor?
0: Uh, I don't know. You know. Um, well, I mean, I love. But I was going to. I watched the Three Stooges a lot. I don't know. I wouldn't say I was directly it directly influenced my stand-up, but I used to get up early and watch the, the comedy classics, which was the Stooges and Little Rascals. There you go. Uh, and. uh Usually wasn't too happy when our gang came on. It wasn't my favorite, but Rascals uh, were okay. Really into the Stooges, mainly mm, Curly, and then maybe after Curly Shemp, you know, Joe uh, Curly Joe, mm, not so much. I mean, no offense <laughs> to his family, but uh, Curly Joe. Uh, but Joe, remember Joe?
1: Oh yeah. He toward the end there. Yeah, he
0: was. He was like the last one, I think. I think Joe so. Besser, I believe his name was. Yes. Wasn't that? In, wasn't that in him? But you know, once you once you grow up, with, you know, being and I mean, it's hard to go back.
1: <laughs> it is. What did you think of the Three Stooges but, movie? But
0: was, you know, and also Monty Python. Oh yeah. You know, I'm talking about specific things that made me laugh, like on the television Monty Python, the the airplane movie. Um, first stand-up I saw was Delirious, blew me away. That was really my first. Exposure to stand-up comedy as a, you know, as a, as a as a pure sort of um, art form, uh, a medium, but but yeah, delirious blew me away. Never, I still remember it. I still remember like tears squirting out of my eyes. You know, watching huh. with my friends. Yep. It's like, amazing.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about that uh, the other day. I, I I don't remember it's in delirious. He he does the bit about James Brown not being able to understand what James is saying. And then he was able to morph that into that skit on Saturday Night Live the James Brown Celebrity Hot Tub Party. Oh yeah, uh,
0: I think that you know again it could be raw. or that could, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, raw. That's I the think, other one. I think he did deli- did did some James Brown and Delirious. Yeah, I've seen it for quite a while, so
1: give l- me. I'll look that up and but put it put it in the show notes. Um, going back to the Three Stooges for a second, what'd you think of the Three Stooges movie that was out uh, a couple of years ago?
0: You know, I have it at home. Uh, I think uh, I, I haven't watched it yet. It's fairly Brothers, isn't it?
1: I think so. Yeah, and and uh, got mostly positive I like, reviews.
0: I feel like maybe it's not actually autobiographical. Like maybe it's <laughs> just like I, I don't. I can't comment. I haven't seen it. Okay. I have it in my library at home, so I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll put it on one of these days.
1: There you go. Um, now, some people may or may may not know this, but and I not only know this from uh, hearing Jimmy Dore talk about it, but uh, you're while you're a well known headliner here, you're huge in Australia. They love you.
0: Oh, uh, well, I'm, yeah, it's, it's going really <laughs> well over there. I'll say that. I do, and I, you know, I do. My career is on a different level there. I'm not going to lie to you about that. I play. I play. Um, uh, Really, only play in theaters there now. Not that I wouldn't do a set at a club, but you know, I, I you know, there, there's the sort of levels of of audience size, and and you go sort of from, you know, I guess you go from coffee cafes to the clubs, and then after that, uh, theaters, more or less. You know, bigger venues, bigger crowds. Yeah. Uh, my, um, a whole different ball game down under for me. That is true. I shy away from. Ever being quoted as saying I'm huge anywhere just because uh, I don't know cause it just seems immodest. Oh but, yeah,
1: but I mean it's weak. But it's... I'm very,
0: thankfully I'm, I do sell a lot of tickets down there and I, I have a great time. I love it.
1: So your first time there, what was it like? Were you uh, an immediate Although hit?
0: Although I want to, I want to put this on the record. Yes. I love performing in the states and I haven't given up and I love and I'm not just saying this. Hmm. I'm not just saying this. I sound like a little like De Niro. I uh, I love Acme. It's one of the best clubs in the world, and so I do make a point of getting out there every time I'm in the States touring. And I've not given up. I would like to someday play theaters in my own country. So thanks to everyone that comes out.
1: Well, this will be, a, 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 I guess, kind of a rare chance to catch you because when you do have a, a career in other parts of the world, I guess it just there's only so much yeah, so in, many weeks I mean, in the year. I'm
0: going to be honest with you. I, I live in Australia. I, I, I own a house there. I, that's my primary residence at the moment. It might change. Um, I've not given up on the States. Again, I'm not bitter, and I'm not being over-defensive, and I don't think I keep restating that too much. I'm not <laughs> giving up. I'm not, I'm not um, bitter, and I don't think that I'm, uh, that I keep returning to that point. To the point where it's sort of a red flag. Uh, I love it. I just actually I, I want you know spend more you know take another month one of these days in new to L.A. or two months or, or New York and and really hammer it and try to, because you know it's been a couple of years since flying the Concords, but you know I'm not I'm not any less funny and so I'd like to go down there and see if somebody you know if I can dig up a role or something.
1: Yeah. So when you the first time you went to Australia, I mean, were you, were you an immediate smash and think, "Wow, I've really connected with these people," or was it kind of a slow build? How did that how did that come about? No, it,
0: it, was, it was it was real organic. You know, I just went down there and the shows went well, and I had a good time. Did you know a, maybe one TV spot or maybe a couple? You know, so I got so I said, oh, so the promoter brought me back," and I kept doing that. And you know, it took a few years before. You know, I, I was on this doing a sightseeing tour in the Blue Mountains. And the guy said, oh, I said, how much is that beer? He said, no, it's on me. I love your, I love your sh- on the comedy channel. And I didn't, I, I can remember that because it was the first time I'd, anyone had recognized me completely randomly, you know, I was in the middle of these, you know, in the mountains and some little, you know, snack bar on the side of the road and this guy knew who I was and I, I you know, I, I, it's a little embarrassing to admit, but it, I, I was kind of excited.
1: Oh yeah, that's very cool. So, uh,
0: and, and, and and so, but it's still a couple, definitely a couple years from that point on where I started, where I even realized, Jesus, you know, this is amazing. You know, I can sell a lot of tickets here. It, it was definitely not, nothing about it was overnight, I'll tell you that. Okay. But it was like, you know, one year I'd be in like 400 seater and I'd be on that, doing that for, you know, two or three years, and then I'd moved up to 600, which I thought looked way too big, but then that was pretty full. And then you know a year, maybe a year or two there, and then eight eight hundred nine hundred, and now I'm I'm referring to Melbourne Comedy Festival. Now I I play a fifteen hundred seater, um, but for you know like you know that festival is four weeks long, so you can do the math. There's, there's a lot of tickets being sold, and it's it's amazing. I'm very happy about it.
1: Did, did you feel a particular connection uh, with Australia, and maybe that kind of you know uh, seeped into your comedy, or is it just a thing where they just you know, with the random thing they just happened to really connect with you?
0: Well, I, I think I think the fact that we, that it's worked out so well is a little bit uh, it's a maybe maybe a perfect storm because when I went there, there wasn't that many international guys coming out. There was like a handful, yeah, and now it's almost like thing you do when you're starting to do well you get invited out there you do the you do the festival brings you out you do two weeks you, you know you do your own show a couple times you do a package show and it, 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 you know the audiences are getting to see a lot of different guys which is great when i was there you know there was like rich hall had been there oh yeah um,
1: it was it's, a huge uh, career amazing, in england
0: amazing jonathan had quite a hot career there for a while but now he's you know he's a resident in vegas yep uh, there, a few guys had, had done it, but it still was pretty fresh territory, and so that was lucky. And also, I think there, you know, there is a, something about the sensibility of their humor that gels well with mine, or vice versa, that we do connect and and, and enjoy each other. And by that, I mean the audiences and myself, because you know I have to have a good time too. If I'm oh, not having yeah. a good time on stage, you know, that's got to be part of it. So I don't know, and it's and also here's the thing you know there's only like when I went, there only like four or five channels so, you know it, it, it was like t v here in like in the you know in the in the early eighties or mid eighties, you know you know before cable broke out, and everyone had it yeah so when when you did a prime time show you 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 had maybe twenty percent of the population tuning in or whatever, so which was and I'm glad I didn't think of that at the time, or it might have given me the nerves, but ah. <laughs> It, I don't know if you've heard about people saying like, you know, if it used to be that if you went on Carson or yeah. Letterman that you know, you could put butts in seats the next night. Oh, yeah. But not not as much these days, you know. It's harder to stand out because you're there's 100, literally 150 or I don't know, 250 things people can watch it. Not to mention on demand, which makes it unlimited. You know, so it's harder to stand out like that. And I think when I first went there, it was still like you could get some awesome exposure by doing TV swaps and I was just doing my my you know my I did my Letterman set in Australia the one I, I'd already done on Letterman and so you know it was a tight ass set and so it got out there and a lot of people saw it and that made maybe planted the seed so there could be a few reasons but I, 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 don't, I usually don't spend a lot of time analyzing it except today <laughs> with, with, with you
1: well it makes sense but, um, really,
0: but I was really happy how it worked out so Everything's good. I'm going to Montreal just right before Minneapolis too, so that's going to be fun. See a lot of
1: friends. Yeah, what you're saying about being on, uh, like people used to say you were on Carson. Everybody who you, who knew you knew who you were the next day. Um, it's funny. The same thing has happened in the music industry too. You could look at because, especially in Britain, you could go on top of the pops and same thing. Everybody was buying your record the next day. But I don't even know that shows on anymore. But it's the, the fragmentation. I guess is really. Um, you think that overall, that's. Hurt, or do you think people can take advantage of that in a different way because it's giving more people more opportunities?
0: I think it's just you know nothing stays the same and everything evolves and changes. And now, you know, you'll see guys that have never even set foot in L.A. getting a you know getting the getting incredible exposure through the internet. They're putting out something amazing or hilarious or different. And I think in a way it's cool because it's because of the internet, it's open to anyone. They, you know. Everyone, is, it's infinite the amount of opportunity there is for someone to put themselves out there. Now, whether or not people watch it, that's another thing. But obviously, you can see success stories of people uh, who, again, aren't don't have an agent, don't have a manager, put some put something out for the right reasons, whatever. They get five million views, and now they now they're touring, now they're represented. And so, um, I think it's exciting. It's like a wild frontier, you know.
1: Yeah, kind of gives that kind of. Uh, it's almost like that punk rock kind of feel, as uh, Greg yeah, Barrett would saw,
0: say. I sort of saw saw the whole thing happen, as you may well have too. And it's kind of an exciting. It, it's a pretty big deal in history that you know to go from no internet to the internet. That was like a big deal.
1: Oh yeah. You yeah, know,
0: that's going to be. You know, the kids are going to learn about that in school. There.
1: I remember when we first got on it. Of uh, a guy was in a band. Has, his 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 he him and his wife were in a band, and they had their band on a on the internet. And we didn't know what that was. So my wife and I went over to his house, and he showed us this is and this is before there were browsers. This is right when Netscape came out. He showed us this is how we used to look at the internet a couple of months ago, and it was all text. There were no pictures. And he goes, this "Isn't how we look at it now, as of like a month ago?" And it was the Netscape browser. And yeah, and he, we saw Winnie the Pooh was the first website we looked at. He, my wife wanted to see because yeah. she collected that stuff. And yeah. Really crazy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I remember. Uh, I remember logging on to the AOL and
1: yeah, and,
0: and, and the emails and like, and, and, like trying to explain email to you know a <laughs> people a day. Doing yeah. my part.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, so, what kind of things are you talking about on stage these days?
0: Uh, well, let's see. Um, that's a. Uh, ooh, I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> uh, just you know, whatever I want, really. Um, various things. Uh, you know, I, I like classic subjects like relationships and uh, and uh, uh, dating. You know, I, I give great dating advice. Oh, good. And um,
1: helpful. You
0: know, random jokes about this and that. Well, uh, people are my, familiar. A uh, hodgepodge of, of subjects.
1: Well, people have seen you on TV doing your TV set. Is uh, is it? it... Is that kind of indicative of it, or is it um, when you have more room to move, you know, as it were, more you know what, time?
0: If anyone doesn't know what I what I do or anything, because I'm, I'm having an, I'm enjoying this conversation, but I'm not like I'm not like I'm being myself, you know? Yeah. But this is what I do stand up. I have jokes, and i I like writing jokes. I like silly jokes. You know, feel free. You know, get online. I have a I have a ton of clips on YouTube. Cool. And people can see what's there and. You, know, you can even email me and say, "Hey, I saw this joke, Will you do this joke when I come see you because I'm happy to take requests
1: oh good, awesome
0: I'm working on some new stuff too uh, Acme's a great club because audiences are classy and they you know they get it so it's it's a good week to really work hard and try to write some you know try to work on some new stuff
1: well it's a lot of the comics I talk to say the best uh one of the best clubs uh not on the coasts uh, or even maybe including the coasts is, is Acme, and of course go Bananas and Cincinnati where I'm speaking Nobody to you from.
0: This a nice club. Yes, I've yeah. been there. I, I would say uh bring me the deck. It's been a little while. I haven't actively tried, but um you know if, if you guys are listening to this, what are you doing, give me a call.
1: Okay, I'll put a word in.
0: Oh, that'd be cool. I'm working Thank next you. door.
1: I'm working next door tonight doing a trivia show at the bar next door, so I'll uh,
0: Oh, great. Have fun. Uh yeah, say hi to those guys. But we'll, More importantly, uh act me, right?
1: Yes. Get the get the folks uh, in the seats there and uh this, this
0: you know, thanks to Lewis I'll be I'll be there in a couple of weeks and uh, looking forward to it it's cool good enough
1: all right man well thanks for taking the time uh, this whole interview will be in print in city pages and online so both of those and the grab podcast a, you
0: know grab grab a slice of casserole or seven layer bar and head out.
1: oh there you go seven layer bars yum I always got a great recipe for that by the way oh
0: yeah well I, well, I thought everyone does down there
1: yeah Well, I
0: have a that's a real Minnesotan treat, isn't it? I didn't know
1: that. Well, I've I've only been to Minnesota once for an hour in their airport. Uh, we're Ohio folk, and it's a, a big treat for us here. And my wife's family is oh, okay. all from Eastern Europe, uh, um, ancestry wise. Yeah,
0: yeah. They have sim- there's some similar heritage things happening okay. in Minnesota, so it's probably similar. The roots are probably similar. You know, there's a, I know there's a lot of like sort of Scandinavian roots in yeah. In, uh, oh yeah. In, in Minneapolis.
1: Oh yeah, loads. I
0: love it.
1: All right, man. We'll have a good time in Minneapolis. Like I said, we'll hope to get you down here in Cincinnati uh, again soon. And, no problem uh, at all. Thanks. All right, thanks, thanks
0: Arch. Thanks for, thanks for having me on the show too. Say out to those boys down at Go Bananas. We'll do, man. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks again to Arch Barker for being on the show. You can catch Arch in North America, July thirty first through August 3rd in Minneapolis at the Acme Comedy Company, then August 8th through the 10th at the American Comedy Company in San Diego, and then he's back in his hometown of San Francisco August 15th through the 18th, and then he's back out to Oceania to play some shows in Australia and New Zealand. For all things Arj Barker, you can go to argebarker.com. All right, very good. Okay, so I was uh, listening to the radio this week, as I often do over the internet, and apparently One Direction has a new song out called Best Song, Ever And it arrived to much fanfare on BBC Radio 1, and of course the One Directioners all went crazy. And, and I liked the first One Direction song a lot, uh, What Makes You Beautiful, and the following two singles were pretty good too, but progressively I'm, I've gotten bored. So anyway, uh, well, uh, Best Song Ever arrives with much fanfare, the One Directioners go nuts on Twitter, and uh, boy, I, I gotta tell you I don't even think it's the best song called Best Song Ever. Uh, for that, I would refer you to this.
2: Ever Ever. Music colliding with the words singing What you wanna say I hope it's my name Hey. Hey
1: That, of course, friend of the podcast, The Ready Set, with their song, Give Me Your Hand, parenthetically titled, Best Song Ever. Okay, so I tweeted out uh, that little joke about it not being even the best song called Best Song Ever. And uh, not only did the One Directioner kids not go nuts and say I was an awful person for thinking that, but um, I got some responses from some bands that kind of sound kind of Ready Set-esque. And one such band was called Rocket Me Nowhere. They've been around for a couple of years, and apparently it's this one guy, Mark Scissors, but then he's kind of gathered up some other musicians, kind of handpicked this band. Uh, Sort of like Never Shout Never uh, did Christopher Drew, put together that band. A similar situation, but more Ready Set sounding like. and uh, So they sent us a song and uh, this song actually has done very well for them. It's got like uh, 100,000 YouTube views and uh, I think they... uh, I played on a couple of TV shows. And anyway, this uh, we're going to listen to it right now. I think you're going to dig this. This is really cool. This is uh, "Rockin' Me Nowhere with If a Nerd and a Cupcake Had a Baby. Check it out on PF's Tape Recorder.
2: She writes with pen all over me. She sings all of our favorite songs, even though the words are wrong. Even when she goes to sleep, her mind has got a hold of me. If a nerd and a cupcake had a baby, it would be just like my lady. Mystery with laws that don't apply to me as she throws paper on her rock and let her think that she is hot when she cries i take her tears melt them far away from here always smiles when i'm pocketing, to no make out robot if a were and a cupcake had a baby it would be just like my lady Come our way So take the day And geek it out more Hey girl, we'll be okay And anyway We're way too young for
1: Let me where if a nerd and a cupcake had a baby let me know what you think of that by liking us on our Facebook page and you can make a comment there we'll open up a little uh, forum for that that's PF Tape Recorder of course in Facebook just look in the search bar or follow me on Twitter at PF66 you can do that as well or you can email the show PFWilson84 at gmail.com let me see what else oh, of course the PF Tape Recorder logo designed by Dan Coble follow him at Tiger Dactyl on Twitter and of course Dan and Logan's podcast is Magic Potion you can find that in iTunes let me see what else oh, of course original music for PST Recorder composed and performed by John Varopoulos with a little help from me performed by John Varopoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me let me see what else oh check out our friends at Ross Rants, kind of an onion-esque website I'm sure you dig it uh, Ross may be helping us out with some skits on the show I may be helping out doing some essays and uh, fake news over there so we'll keep you posted on that and we'll have links to all this stuff on the Podbean page If you're listening to this any other way than through the Podbean site, it is pfradio.podbean.com. And that is, I think, all of the business we have on hand today. Oh, of course, Rocket Me Nowhere site, I should probably tell you, is rocketmenowhere.com. You probably could have figured that out. And their stuff is also available in iTunes. All right. That is all the business we have for today, other than to say so long and thanks for listening.